Hello and welcome to Technology Simplified, tech talk everyone can understand, brought to you by IT Voice. The goal of this podcast is to give you actionable information that will help you keep your business network running efficiently, securely, and productively. Through this podcast, we will keep you up to date on the ever-changing technology landscape so you will be equipped to run your business effectively. Each episode will be free of undefined acronyms and over-technical jargon. Feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or check out IT Voice for future episodes. We look forward to helping to keep you informed. Welcome and thank you for listening to Technology Simplified, tech talk everyone can understand, presented by IT Voice. Today, I'm joined by guest Jake DeMille. Jake does a wonderful job here at IT Voice as a director of technology. He is serious about keeping our clients secure and up-to-date on the most innovative technologies. Jake began his career in 2006 as a systems administrator for the Marines, and from there, his entire 16-year career has been dedicated to technology. His years of experience in the public and private sector have given him a vast knowledge of the IT world and all the tools needed to make life easier for the end user. And fun fact about Jake, he was awarded the Navy Commendation Medal for successfully providing robust and dependable communication support directly to the President of the United States and many other White House and Department of Defense VIPs as a communication system operator aboard the President's helicopter more commonly referred to as Marine One. Welcome on the show, Jake. It's great to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, Will. And uh, I, I gather uh, from the background that um, maybe we can trust you with a handful of secrets? Uh, you know, one or two. I can let you know where the aliens are buried and where all the bodies are. Well, why don't we have another podcast? Maybe next time we can have you on and talk about Area, what is it, Area 52? Or, uh, don't worry about what it's called. <laughs> sure, sure, exactly. Well, uh, before we kind of dive into the uh, to, to the conversation today, um, uh, I heard somebody say this the other day. You know, Henry Ford back in the day he created the the automobile and he called it you know Ford. That's what he named the company. Um, you know, Microsoft uh, created this thing called Office and then later Office three sixty five. But in the last year, some great uh, marketing mind said, well, we're going to change this name, Office 365, even O365, that even the common person knew what it was. And we're going to change the name from Office 365 to Microsoft 365. And it would kind of be like if the F-150, the Ford F-150 became the Henry F-150. Like, I mean, you know, we all get it and understand it, but why? Well, um, Besides continuing to give guys like me a job um, and uh, require experts to be able to translate stuff through, you know, the, the, the main reason they did it is because they wanted to talk about the different applications and everything else that was available through Microsoft 365. When everyone thinks Office 365, they go back to the, to the long tried and true kind of Office product stack, if you will, PowerPoint, Excel, Word, Access, Publisher, um, Outlook. And Really, Office 365 was a cloud-based email platform, and then adding in to adding in SharePoint, uh, Teams, different collaboration suites, different power apps, different uh, ERP systems. It really grew so much bigger than Office 365, and so I think Microsoft really just wanted to kind of uh, kind of show uh, heavier examples of you know they weren't just a an application platform anymore. They they were here to be the true 
business uh, collaboration and application suite. Um, all right. Well, well, uh, well, Jake, that makes a whole lot of sense. I, I, I get exactly what you're saying there from where we are, you know, uh, now that it's a lot more than your classic, you know, Excel and PowerPoint, Word and Outlook um, uh, in, in the office suite. You got all these new apps that are coming out every single day. So, you know, a little, little bit, I, I guess, maybe uh, take, take, take me a second to continue to get adjusted to the to the name. But I can understand why they're why they're doing it. Uh, so in the vein of keeping things you know, simplified, right? We always want to tech talk everyone can understand. So just tell our audience, what is Microsoft 365 for, for business? And how is that different from, you know, maybe maybe somebody who's not on it yet, that they've just, you know, downloaded a, a license um, or, or using something on a server? Sure. So overall, it's a subscription-based platform um, that gives you access into what they, they refer to as their productivity platform, the productivity cloud. And, uh you know, they want to provide you not only the applications that you're used to, Word, PowerPoint, Excel, um, but gives a place where not, not only is your email flowing through it, but there's access to other applications, maybe some automation tools through through the Power Automate, uh, maybe some advanced reporting tools, like Power BI, um, lots of different kind of a suite of so- suites of software that are all held inside of the, the Azure public cloud. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that 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 that. So it's it's kind of bridging together both the server side and the application side uh, into a single monthly cost that makes it easier for a small business, medium sized business to digest. Exactly. Uh, so, what are the tools that are included with that? You know, kind of classic. You know, M three sixty five business licensing. Um, so in the in the, in the small business bundles, uh, like in Microsoft's 365 for Business uh, standard package, you will get your uh, different office applications, uh, Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Outlook, Access, and Publisher. Um, you you have a subscription base to those that you can install on up to five different machines per user, and uh, you'll always have the latest and greatest. Uh, um, different versions of those. You also receive uh, one terabyte worth of storage inside of OneDrive or SharePoint, and that can be divided up however the user wants. Uh, you will have some different collaboration uh, application through Teams. You can uh, do, uh, obviously, the Exchange email portion, um, and it can serve as your full, full email server. And then you can add on some features with identity uh through Azure Active Directory or certain other security tools. But really, that's kind of the gateway, if you will, into getting exposed into the uh, Microsoft kind of total cloud platform. Right. So of all those tools, which would you say is like one of your personal favorites or or maybe the the, the one that you see? Um, uh, and let's get outside of the, the, the classics, right? You know, but of the of the newer you know apps are included. You know, what either your personal or what you see that a lot of customers are drawn to um, as one of those cool new apps that they like to use. Well, and uh, you know, today with just everyone being in such a remote type of environment, I, I think really Teams is is going to be uh, above and beyond kind of the most uh, advancement inside of one of those applications that we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, it, it's they're on uh, you know it was originally Microsoft Phone. And then Link, um, and then uh, I'm sorry, Skype for Business, and then Link, and then we see this version of, uh, of Teams that kind of exists, and it really feels like you know Teams is is what Microsoft kind of had in its, in its vision, if you will, the entire time for for their uh, 
productivity and collaboration kind of group application. Right, right. And and for the users who don't know what Teams is, uh, it's very similar to like a Slack. And it's a collaboration platform that you can have messages. uh, You can do video calls or audio calls. You can share screens. uh, You can really bring a group of people together to collaborate. So, again, always trying to make sure that everybody understands what we're talking about. And interesting enough, too, Jake, I was just talking to uh, a peer of mine in the industry, the MSB, uh, up north the other day and um, a highly technical person. And, uh, and it was kind of maybe one of the first times I've heard somebody say this was that he was looking at moving his company from Slack to Teams. And his comment was, Teams just does it better than Slack. And for the longest time, people were like, oh, yeah, Teams is just copying Slack. And, you know, it's just really the same thing. And um, it's kind of interesting to see now where even those highly technical people that are kind of entrenched maybe in the Slack camp, um, some of them are starting to look over and say, actually, Teams has kind of got an edge now. So uh, it's an interesting, you know, um, sort of shift and I think testament to Microsoft's investment in that particular application. Uh, so uh, one question that a lot of times, you know, anytime you do have the word cloud, people kind of put on a security question mark there. Like, okay, you know, and, uh, and, and people say, oh, well, if it's in my building or my server, like it's secure, like, you know, I can lock the door and, you know, people can't, you know, get to it kind of thing. And if it's out in the cloud, like I don't have my data, who has access to it? Is it secure? There's, there's a, a question mark. There's some worry that people will have. Um, so can you speak to the security of Office, or I'm sorry, Microsoft 365? Uh, absolutely. So uh, Microsoft does uh, have some, some very, very high-end uh, security suites that are, that are available. Um, they participate in different DOD and uh, GCC type programs to where, you know, the, the highest points of, of government secrecy uh, will leverage Microsoft 365 and its different, uh, it's different applications. Now it's important to understand that just because you purchase Microsoft 365 doesn't necessarily mean that you are HIPAA compliant or you're PCI compliant. There's a whole lot of other things that go into it. However, the platform itself can be um, implemented in in a secure manner in which people can achieve those different compliance levels. So out of the box, is does it give you the compliance pieces? Not necessarily, but with the proper configurations, uh, there it can be the most secure environment that uh, that really anybody can run for any type of security needs up through uh, different DoD programs. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, it sounds like from from a, a raw materials perspective. Um, it's got all the pieces that it needs, but you need some sort of expert, just like you would a plumber or an electrician to come and take those pieces and fit it together and make sure uh, that you don't have leaky pipes. Um, so so I, I, uh, that, that's kind of maybe a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Uh, so we talked some about Teams, but what are some other ways that Microsoft 365 that you've seen help improve communication and productivity, collaboration in a business? You know, um, as as a resident kind of IT guy, uh, I have my thoughts on on how the different uh, applications can be used in, in a business type setting. But it but it never surprises me uh, when with working with different clients and different uh, other companies that you start to see people using the product in ways that that you didn't know. And so uh, I'll actually want to put this question back on back on you, Will. You know, as as CEO of a, of a technology company and having a mainly remote workforce. What are some of the different ways that that you've seen uh, the use of 365 kind of go beyond those uh, 
the, the traditional being in the office walls, if you will. Well, I didn't know you were going to do that to me, so thanks for putting me on the spot. But uh, I mean, it's an easy it's an easy question to answer. And the thing that I love about Microsoft 365 is just the way that it's all integrated together. Uh, you know, simple things of like, hey, I need to create a meeting. If I go to invite somebody, it automatically turns it into a Microsoft Teams invite. And so, you know, it's like, hey, it's just done. It's there. Um, everybody's got the link. You're ready to go. Um, and uh, you know, in something like that, and it just takes less clicks. Uh, you know, to be able to do it. Um, I love the way that like, you know, a lot of people like early on, I was like, oh, you're going to have the apps, you know, on your phone. Like who is going to open Excel on their phone? I'm not going to create a spreadsheet on my phone. And to this day, I've never created a spreadsheet on my phone. But I'll tell you, I use the Excel app on my phone probably at least once or twice a week. And usually what it is, is I'm out. Somebody messages me or calls me and they're like, hey, Will, you know, ask me a question. And when I pull the Excel app up on my phone, it knows the last file I had open, or actually the last like 20 files I had open on my computer that are just there recently opened files. And usually, I mean, not every time, but usually I'm getting asked about something that's an active project that we're working on. And it's there at my fingertips. I can just click on it, slide over, find the answer, you know, give them, give them the margin or whatever it was that the question was. Um, and off we go rolling. And so now all of a sudden in the past where it might be like, oh, well, when I get back to the office, let me jot down a note or whatever. Now it becomes something, a task I got to do later. I get an answer immediately, very quickly with very few clicks. So if there was one thing I'd probably say would be that. It's just the more that Microsoft invests into the product, the more that they tie pieces together and they take down the number of clicks that you have to do. And so as a CEO, the less time I can spend doing stuff like that and the more time actually in those productive conversations, then of course that trickles down through our entire organization to where, you know, you know, you know, like how you could think of it, like how much does per mouse click cost a business? And, you know, the, that can add up to hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of mouse clicks, you know, and it's a couple of seconds each, but all that compounds and eventually turns into real productivity difference, you know, for, for the business. So um, that's probably the biggest thing. Teams is probably one of my favorites because it simulates the in-office experience. I know I probably drive a few people in the company crazy, but I love like, you know, I had a conversation this morning. And uh, it was me and Kimmy talking, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Well, we needed Candace, and then we needed Sue, um, and um, I forgot somebody else that we pulled in um, as well into that conversation." Uh, James uh, was the other person. And all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, boom!" We were all there, and it was like being in you know back in the office when all of a sudden I needed people. You'd call them; they'd have to walk up front, and you're trying to talk to them on the phone or whatever. Um, and we were sharing our screens and all seeing, but we did it ad hoc. That I think part of the thing that was really you know cool about Teams and how it operates. Uh, we didn't have to plan the conference and send people invites and text them. Hey, hop on. I just called them and they pulled them right into it. So, you know, love. That's probably one of my favorite features. I know I probably drive some of y'all crazy when you're in the middle of something. All of a sudden you get a call from me. And the next thing you know, you're like on the line with like five of the people, you know, in the middle of a conversation. But it uh, it ends up being very productive because we got like this morning, we got the answer to the question and everybody left with a definitive action item. And there was no ambiguity that, you know, otherwise, that question might get kicked off and there's an email going around and, you know, it's, you know, a couple of days later before we get a definitive answer and that ties into productivity. So exactly. And from an administrative standpoint, uh, you didn't have to contact your IT administrator to set up a call bridge and, and, and bring everyone into that scheduled meeting. Uh, and then from administrating your account, you know, we had to originally set up your account in 365. We had to assign you the proper license, uh, probably help with, uh, with getting the, uh, the, the initial account setting set up on, on your 
on your mobile device. But once we did that for the baseline email portion, everything else uh, you were able to do do on your own. It has that very easy for the end user, which also makes it very easy for the administrator. Yeah. Well, uh, last question I have was just any sort of tips. And obviously, we've got to talk about some tips and tricks now. But anything else you want to throw in? Tips and tricks, any feature um, that you know, maybe the average user might not be aware of that you would want to throw out uh, for somebody to, to, to consider? Um, you know, uh, lots of different things. And, and, and as you said, you know, with Microsoft, they kind of change it, change it up quite, quite a bit. So there's always kind of new features, new, uh, fun, different things that you can do. Um, honestly, I, I like that by default now, Microsoft has started to populate, uh, meetings with being teams meetings, because the truth is, is that the, the default policy for most people is that when they're going to have a meeting, it's not going to be in person anymore. So Microsoft went ahead and took that extra step of, uh, going ahead and assuming that you were going to have a Teams meeting rather than, you know, how many of us have been on those uh, those meetings before when you sent the calendar invite, it went out and then everybody's like, where's the link? Who's got the link? Have you sent the link yet? And then you'll have, you know, three different people from the meeting all send the link at the same time and you're bouncing around different ones. So um, some some people saw it kind of, a, kind of annoying the first time, uh, but, uh, you know, when you really look at kind of the statistics of the, of the meeting platforms overall. Um, it, it made a lot of sense. Let's just by default uh, assume that it's going to be a remote meeting, and you know, yeah. Know which pro tip on that, by the way, you can go up and hit the three dots if you're in the simplified ribbon, and you can hit the "Don't host online," and it'll pull all that out. Um, I had one that was supposed to be an in person, and then automatically put it in there, and then I had half the people show up at the office and half the people on Teams not knowing what we were going to do. So, <laughs> if, uh, if there, there, if you run into that situation. There's a button up there that you can hit uh, to to remove the online portion, and then you know obviously you can fill in the details uh, with, for the location uh, of the meeting. So, well, Jake, hey, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights. Also, thank you uh, all of you out there who are listening. Subscribe to Technology Simplified, presented by IT Voice Tech Talk. Everyone can understand, and you can hear straightforward, jargon-free answers to your business IT questions. You can also check out our website to learn more. A link can be found in the show notes. Keep an eye out for our next episode where we will be discussing cloud computing. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day.